Hi, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and youtube.com slash wanderingdms slash live. And now, on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan, and on this episode of Wandering DMs, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite classic board games. It's called Dark Tower, which gave us a lot of inspiration for our D&D games. And we're going to talk about why we love Dark Tower so much, how you can play it now, and where what the history is and where you can get it today on Wandering DMs. Mm. And and specifically, we'll be focusing a bunch on the uh, recent remake uh, from on Kickstarter called Return to Dark Tower. Um, this is an interesting topic. Dan. I, I was as as we were as we were closing in on this, uh, it's kind of unusual for us to talk about a board game like this. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I was I had a bunch of questions in my head, and I thought, nope, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to these until we're live. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because so, usually we spoil half the conversation for ourselves right before the show starts. And we're like, well, now yeah. we're doing the show before the show. Nope. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you about your history with this, with this game because I remember my, my, my main memory of playing this game is actually of you coming up here to visit me. And I think I was showing you Barbarian Prince. And you said, hey, this is kind of like Dark Tower. And I said, I, n- I never actually played that game. And then I think we... we trundled over to a computer and loaded up a simulator and sat down and, and played played it as a simulator for for an hour or so. I think that's I think that's correct. And one of, should we talk about like status? Should we talk? I mean, should we welcome? I mean, so this is I should point out this is the our first episode of season four, of course. So welcome yes. to, welcome to <laughs> 2022 already. And we, we're yeah. looking forward to all kinds of things here on season four. And I, I'm so glad you I'm so glad you asked that, Paul, because I have I have such a strong memory of that um should we also tell our viewers how they're how they're going to be what they're going to be seeing on 10 dead rats um yeah let's 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 let's, let's take a quick 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 break here from from dark tower before we get into dark tower let's talk about what's going on with the channel because so we are in season four first episode of season four welcome everyone yeah um yeah what's going on you know what i've just realized dan too is that i don't have uh the restream bot running so let's let's get that running and uh (laughs) sorry everyone okay Uh, Okay. I think um Okay. That's interesting. So I saw at least one person using Restream, I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting. Okay, that's good. there we go. We're good. We're good. So <laughs> So welcome everyone. Welcome to season four. Little little bump in the road there as we're going. Uh, I totally uh, spaced out there as I had to convince the uh, web browser that I was not a robot by identifying chimneys. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Internet of 2022. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have to, we have to actually like lose a couple of pounds from our holiday break and uh, shake off a couple of cobwebs, and we'll 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 remember how to do this real soon. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what's going on. So, uh, folks who were who were uh, with us last season um, know that we've. Um, that this show, this show is a staple of the channel, Wandering DMs, where we talk about all things gaming. Um, 
we uh, do we have any any format changes or anything interesting going on with this show that we should warn folks about, Dan? I don't think so. I think we'll see what's going on. We have some ideas about like what we're going to focus on this year, but we'll mm -hmm. let's let's watch that evolve and, and and surprise people. I would say. Great, great. But, I mean, we'll uh, still be here Sundays at one o'clock uh, live as usual, yep. so that's not changing at all. And um, I've been uh, previously running an actual play uh, campaign called Ten Dead Rats uh, for about four seasons there. Uh, each season was a half a year. And um, we just concluded that at the end of, of last year. Uh, now our group wants to continue to play games together, uh, but that campaign is done. So we're relaunching that show. Uh, and I probably won't, it's not going to probably, definitely won't be on tomorrow. Uh, but should, should, kick up uh, the following week uh, under the newly branded title TDR. So, so what is the, uh, so if someone came, I feel like this is, there's a long tradition of organizations doing this. Um, so if someone came to us this year and said, Paul, what does TDR stand for? What would you say? Uh, I would say those damn ruffians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, we tossed around a lot of ideas of what it stands for. Um, uh, we're actually gonna we're gonna kick off the show with a uh, an episode where we're gonna review uh, the campaign of Ten Dead Rats from the previous years, and that's generally gonna be our format going forward. Is that we will play a, a shorter game, like rather than a big long multi year campaign, we're just gonna play three or four sessions or however many it takes to to sink our teeth into a game. We're gonna rotate who who DMs, and uh, and then we're gonna do a final cap and. Uh, end cap episode where we as players talk about the game and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like, just kind of review it. Uh, so that'll be the format of TDR going forward. So you expect a lot of different games. We're going to play a bunch of different stuff, some old school stuff, some new school stuff, some story games, uh, whatever whatever captures our, our fancy in the moment. Um, I, th I think there's there's some talk about maybe starting with kids, kids on bikes. Um, nice. So maybe we'll Maybe we'll start with that. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's nice to give me a little break from uh, being at the helm, which is good. And I think it'll matches the channel a little bit better where we're going to be, you know, kind of talking about the games we're playing a little bit more uh, rather than just playing. Great. Great, great. So, should be good. Uh, as a recommendation, okay, here's a suggestion just that I just off the top of my head. I recommend that you put down a, a, a regulation that every single uh, game cycle that you play must have a title that matches up with the TDR acronym. The TDR acronym. We we uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we we created quite a few acronyms in our in our private chat. Although I got to call out uh, Bucky. Thank you so much for uh, title determined recently. Perfect. <laughs> That's yep yep. We're going with that one. <laughs> now for me, uh, I like Steve. I like Stephen Wendell's total damage recovery. That sounds to me like a game that I would be playing in. <laughs> uh, great. Okay, so that's what's going on. Uh, what about Book of War, Dan? Uh, we are still working that. We're still working that out. We actually might move that to possibly a different day uh, because mm -hmm. there are people uh, involved who are taking acting classes on the Saturday night that we used to play on. So we're thinking about possibly to uh, moving to another night. Actually, uh, that's still um, that's still under discussion here uh, in January. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard. I heard there was but a, we plan a, to do that. a we resounding plan to have... conclusion to the to the grudge match in the, at the end. We of had a last great. Year. We had a wonderful game New Year's Eve that concluded the 2021 season, and I could not have asked for a more. I mean, actually, I could have asked for a less nail bitey session. Um, I was fairly mm-hmm. unhappy by the end of it of how close it came. <laughs> um, Excellent. And I think I was watching like some sporting event over the holiday um, the last week or so, and I, and they were like, "This what an amazing game!" Like I have seen a more amazing game, and that was the last <laughs> episode of Book of War. And if you're at all interested in war gaming and you haven't seen that, I do recommend that because it's completely unbelievable that the entire year, the entire year of me and Isabel battling, and a final episode New Year's Eve where we picked double sized armies came finally the entire table initially covered with figures came down to one figure for each of us at the end in a single die roll and wow again it starts off polite and uh cordial and it's not for kids because about halfway through we're both we're both swearing like 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 sailors um uh, and it's, uh, it couldn't have been more tense for both of us well that's amazing. It's amazing. It's definitely, definitely check that out, folks. Yeah. That's uh, available on our channel. Um, and then hopefully uh, some of that energy will carry forward into uh, the 2022 season for Book of War. We are, we are, we are looking to get back forward, uh, getting back forward. And the person who didn't win uh, said maybe next season. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, revenge Excellent. is being sought currently. Yes. Excellent. All right, let's let's uh, dive into Dark Tower here. So here's a here's an image uh, that I dug up on the internet of mm-hmm. the original game. So again, I never played this as a kid. I definitely remember it existing. Uh, my main memory of it is that the few people I know who had it, it was broken. Uh, that's that seems to be the recurring theme of this. The tower doesn't work anymore. Uh, I think that's true. I, I think we're now. So, uh, this is a good segue, Paul. I think the rest of the yeah. episode today we can we can refer to as uh, Tower, comma Dark, comma Return. I think. Um, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's multi-purpose, Paul. Um, but you're right. So my so I have played the physical. I have, in fact, got the opportunity to play the physical version of this because when I was the right age. My cousins actually had this new out of the box. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's one of those things that that I didn't have it in my house. So I was like, can I go to my cousin's house and play Dark Tower? Can I go and play Dark Tower today? <laughs> and it was just slightly, you know, hard to access that I never mm-hmm. completely scratched the itch on it. And I just, I just fell in love with it. It was, it's, you know, exactly what you want for a campaigning, you know, try to try to forge a barony resource management uh, game. And at the time, you know, pre, we didn't have computers at that point, pre-internet, pre-cell phones, having the um, the tower itself manage the, the numer- all the numerical stuff was mm-hmm. a real breath of fresh air and really a lot of fun. Um, so I, mean, that's, that's I, what, I, I really love this game. That's what gets me excited about the game. Honestly, I've always enjoyed. I mean, this is this is this is how we met, right? Uh, our careers began with uh, making online CCGs, and I've always enjoyed that that blend of software and tabletop uh, in either direction. 
And so any, any game that wants to blur the lines between uh, computers and, and uh, physical tabletop uh, is something I'm very excited about. Um, so, our, you know, our, our patrons yeah. on our Discord channel may possibly be aware that over the holiday, I went completely maniacal in creating a D&D simulator in code and expanding the simulator I've used for a number of years, actually, to simulate original D&D. So um, I'll say I have a small amount of sympathy for what you just said, Paul. Sure. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look. I have a video here queued up of the, uh, original commercial for the dark, yes, uh, for dark tower, um, starring none other than, uh, Orson Welles. Shall we check it out? It's a little aged, but it's a little aged, but I, I, I wanted to see this ad today. Okay. Let's take a peek. Last night I journeyed backwards in time to the medieval world of dark tower. In this amazing game, I had to find three keys, lay siege to the tower, and defeat the enemy within. Each move was a challenge. The computer kept track, giving me secret information, pictures, sounds, surprises. Then, ahead of my opponent, I made my move. The battle was joined, and I was victorious. Dark Tower. Ah, battery's not included. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So they get you. <laughs> so I love so, they had Orson Welles for that ad. That's so great. This game, if I'm if I'm correct, Dan, this game is for one to four players. Is that is that accurate? Correct, correct. You know that yeah. was another thing that was nice about it is that you could play solo. Um, yeah. You know, as someone uh, in a rural place, right? That was that was hard at that age to travel and and get players. Uh, it was another really nice thing that you had something, a fantasy-oriented wargamey slash roleplay thing that you could actually play on your own um, was also yep, a really I, nice feature. I, so you couldn't have always viable like that. Always, I've always uh, had a thing for solo games. Uh, that's that's uh, we we did we've done a whole series of us playing solo RPG modules, and uh, we have a video, a little intro video on on solo D and D and. Uh, I remember in the '90s playing uh, solo uh, Warhammer Quest uh, a few times. Right, right, right. Uh, we right. get into that into, for- into what it is like to play solo, but um, I, I'm curious just just for my sake because I don't remember the first the game. So when you are playing a multiplayer, it is a competitive game, correct? Uh, yeah, basically it's a race to the win. Um, mm-hmm. okay. There isn't. Um, direct interaction between the players, unless my memories fail. I'm pretty sure there isn't direct interaction, uh, but um, you're each getting turns around the table, and it's basically it's basically a four-way race to try to beat the tower at the end first. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're playing uh, solo, then it shows you it shows you a score of like at the end of how well you did. So uh, it's one of those things whereby if you play it solo, you're enticed to play it again to try to improve your overall performance score at the end. Excellent. Excellent. So the, the reason we're talking about this now and specifically today is uh, there was a Kickstarter recently uh, called uh, Return to Dark Tower where they, they remade the game or they made a sequel to the game. Um, and it shipped recently. I just, just got my copy on Thursday. Uh, awesome. so, I, so I backed it. I've been playing it. Uh, I, have it I have it here. Here it is. Okay. Holy moly! Nice, nice, this is the first nice time. Big box. Holy God! Holy smoke! That's, and that's 
And I, I, I just went for the base set. I did not buy the fancy upgraded, lots of miniatures, uh, expansion-y version. That's just the tower and the board and and the bits and pieces and whatnot. That's amazing. So, yeah. What a what a what a product. <laughs> Holy smoke. Played it a little wow. bit myself. The reason I was asking about the competitive versus cooperative thing is one of the first thing that struck me about this when I when I took it out of the box. Uh, here we go. Get that image up there. Uh, is that it wow. is actually by default a cooperative game, um, and it was actually a stretch goal to add a competitive element. So it's uh, if you open up the rule book, it's only like the last two pages that say, "Oh, and here's how to play it competitively if you want." That but, is fascinating. I feel like we could we could have a long conversation about what that says about the difference of the the gaming, you know, milieu. Uh, from mm -hmm. 1981 to, to, to 2021. Um, that, uh, I, you know, be, uh, there was a point where just by default, we assumed all board games were competitive um, and mm -hmm. people could be eliminated. And there was, you know, obviously a switch at some point where now the, the instinct is to make them cooperative more likely. That's, that's, that's amazing. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It makes more sense to me for a game that does support solo play. Uh, typically, you yeah. see that in games that are inherently cooperative, right? Like I said, I used to play Warhammer Quest solo, which, again, since it's a innately cooperative game, you know, you're just cooperating with yourself at the end. Um, so <laughs> I, I personally actually love cooperative games. I have a large collection of co-op games. So I'm, I was excited by that, but it did strike me as a major difference because I thought I remembered that the original was competitive. Yeah. So tell me, that, that I'm really interested in that. Tell me, how do the players interact on this cooperative basis in the new version? It's very interesting. And one of the things about the, the new version of the game is that they really lean into um, the computer being a, a strong element of the game, and it's not just the tower. Because uh, here, I'll, I'll, here's here's my my table set up. By the way, this is a game that takes a lot of table space. So uh, if you're going to sit down to play this game, get be prepared with a lot of space. Because even by yourself, never mind if you have two or three other people playing with you, it takes a lot of space. Uh, you you need a device. You need a, a phone or a tablet to connect to the tower, which it connects via Bluetooth. Yep and uh, control it and uh, also adds a whole, there's a whole digital element to the game. There's a whole component there. There's there's decks of cards that don't exist in the game and only exist in the app. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So basically, uh, similar to the original game where like you're trying to, you know, achieve these certain thresholds. As, as I, I recall, I think from the original game, right, you're trying to accumulate a certain amount of resources before you can assault the tower, something like that. Is that right? You, Am I yeah, remembering that right? You need a you need an army of a you have you you are carrying around a an army band of a certain size and it needs to be big enough to legitimately uh, battle the <clears throat> large number of brigands that are in the final tower. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in this game, uh, there is there is a final adversary you have to face. Uh, but that's random and changes. Uh, the, the enemies on the board are random and change, and there's uh, other side quests on the board uh, that will help you wow. achieve that end result. Um, so it is a lot of like moving around the board, trying to achieve certain, you know, certain thresholds of various resources or whatnot to take on that final attack. Um, so the way you would play, I think, multiplayer is ultimately you're coordinating with other players. Oh, you're 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 tackling this quest. Great, I'll do that quest. 
right? Well, well, hopefully we'll accumulate enough of. In the game I was playing, you had to have four uh, four artifacts, four specific named treasures that you needed to dig through the treasure deck to try and find. Uh, so, so you could be coordinating with people to try and achieve that. Uh, and then also then the towers, of course, throwing in um, monkey wrenches at you. Um, for example, uh, let's see, this is a picture of me playing late game. Actually, this is a picture of me winning. I was victorious at the end. Okay, um, okay. Good but, for you. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but just on the very left edge, one of the rivers has been set on fire by uh, <laughs> by, the, oh. <laughs> by the freaking computer, uh, which was very distressing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and so there's various things like that of like, here's a side quest, and if you complete it, they won't set the, the river on fire. And you go, well, it sucks to have the river on fire, so let's maybe maybe let's have one of our players go and deal with that issue. Fascinating. Yeah, so it's I'll a just lot say of this is so much more that. elaborate than the original game. The original game was much <laughs> yeah. much simpler than what you're ta- telling me about. Yeah, uh, yeah. fascinating. Huh. Yeah, I mean the, now, nice the other thing, thing I is, can see, yeah. I was gonna say just just to just to elaborate on what you're talking about about it being much more uh, complex is that a lot of that complexity is in the app. So um, yep. the the rule book is not overwhelming. Um, you know the the base rules of how to run the game are pretty straightforward. They don't tell you how to win, right? They just say here's how you do battles and here's how you move around the board and good luck. And you're left after reading the rule book going like, but what's the game? What, what What's the game? Because the app actually tells you it generates, here's your final quest and here's the things you're trying to do in this this play. And so there's a lot of, lot of um, procedural generation that happens on the app. And the app is really very much in control of adding those complexity elements, which I think is nice. Wow. I think for a co-op game, you need those kinds of elements. You need some kind of random factor that is out of the control of any of the players that that adds chaos into the game for you to deal with. Um, otherwise, I find most co-op games, they can devolve into a puzzle that is easy to solve. Uh, for example, I noticed this in the original Castle Panic, I feel like is got not quite enough randomness in it such that like, okay, I figured out how to solve the puzzle. It's not really hard anymore. Uh, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so I like that. I like, I like the app a lot. Uh, it's very, the thing is very elegantly designed. You turn on the app, you say, find my tower. It just does it. I, I didn't have to do anything. I turned on the tower, turned on the app, and it said, nope, I found your tower. And started controlling wow. it. Yeah, yeah. That's so it's pretty neat. Fascinating. I see that, um, another thing I see is that they've, they that, that is novel here is they have... Um, characters, right? So they have identifiable, there are named, yep. unique characters, which wasn't part of the original game. Yep. Yep. The base game comes with four different characters, so each player is playing a specific character with their own abilities and whatnot. Um, oh, you can't even see it in this picture, can you? You can kind of see it in this earlier picture. So that's my character sheet on the left. Uh, I'll just show one of those. So this is why I say it takes up a lot of game space, right? So not only do you have this big tower with this circular board around it, but each player's got this size sheet in front wow. of them tracking wow. their character and their progress. So it's a lot of, like I said, a lot of table real estate this thing takes up. Um, I'll just, you know, because I know you want to see it, I'll just pull out the tower. <clears throat> Here's the tower. Holy moly. So, yeah, Amazing. Pretty nice. Amazing. Let's see if I can, if I flip it on, let's see if it makes any noises or flashes any lights. Any... 
<laughs> there you go. I will say one of the delightful things is they they really they struck a good balance between like callouts, retro callouts versus like new fancy features. A lot of the noises the tower makes sound like the noises the old tower made. <laughs> so you get that a lot. Uh, and it and it it it's the tower itself does not rotate, but internally pieces are rotating. So there's mm -hmm. chambers. And you'll notice there's there's these little doors that slide open that might reveal oh things, goodness. and that rotates what you might be looking at. So sometimes you're looking at a glyph or light up a thing, and sometimes it's shooting little skull tokens at you, and that means something. Great, and that's that that actually resembles how the original tower worked. That's that's also how that yeah. worked to begin with. Um, fascinating, fascinating. Let me, okay, so let me just walk through how the the original game played and then we can contrast mm -hmm. it with how this has been extra elaborated. Sure. Yeah. So um, originally all the players were acting separately. <clears throat> they had their own, they had their own race to beat the tower and um, they uh, were tracking, I think they had one single card where they were tracking um, number of men in your armed band and basically mm -hmm. amount of food with you. And so you had to travel, okay. you had to make an entire circuit around the four sectors of the circular board. Um, and as you traveled, there'd be wandering monsters. You'd be traveling, you could possibly be attacked by brigands or a dragon or possibly nothing, or be hit by the plague would happen sometimes. And among the main mm -hmm. balancing elements was that of course, you'd like to have a larger band of men to beat uh, enemy brigands, but then you're consuming more food. So you're in this constant balancing battle between I'd like more men, but mm. then I need more food and that's a problem. And if I had less men, I could do with less food um, and so mm. on and so forth. Um, and then basically each sector I think had four, you know, unique, re four notable regions of like a bazaar, a town, a dungeon and a tomb. And you could go to the mm -hmm. town or bazaar for more men or more food. And then the dungeon and the tomb are places that might possibly have treasures like gold or a key. And ultimately, what you had to do is you had to travel around all the sectors and get three keys, find one key in each sector. Then, mm -hmm. once you had the three keys, then you could unlock the tower at the center and battle the enormous number of brigands and hopefully win that if you brought enough troops. And that was basically the play. Among the among the things I loved, I mean, I personally love the resource management of like, I'm thinking about food. I'm thinking about resources. I'm thinking about how much gold and food I can carry together. That was all part of the game. It's very, you know, classic, you know, gritty D&D. I loved, you know, thinking about brigands in the wilderness. I, I you know, I loved thinking about a, a wilderness that had dragons in it. And, and I really liked, one thing you could do is you could go, because carrying capacity was actually an issue for your band, is you could go to the bazaar and you could buy what was called a beast. And I guess so mechanically, this is sort of like a bag of holding, right? This is the thing that can carry yeah. an enormous amount of stuff for you. And the beast is like some kind of mutant rhinoceros. Right? And I, for some reason, I just, and I, to this day, I still want to work that into my games of a, of a, of a, of a town bazaar that you can get like a rhinoceros beast to carry all your crap for you. Um, and it just had, it had so much flavor and it had exactly the right kind of fantasy stuff. 
that, you know, I, I made probably a couple of misfired attempts to make a D&D campaign exactly like that. Um, and of course, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't perfectly convert over. But mm-hmm. the um, the fantasy elements really captured my imagination at the time. And I still think about it today. Does the does the new version have, you know, so the old version had no characters. Um, the map board could not be changed. There were no cards. Um, uh, you know, you were basically just tracking men, food, and gold. That's basically it. Um, mm-hmm. Does the does the new version have those resource tracking elements, Paul? Uh, so there's definitely resource tracking. The two major resources, you've got little tokens here of warriors, the number of warriors you're yep. carrying around with you, yep, yep. and uh, fortune is the other resource. Fortune. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> now, there's no food, and there's no... Uh, there are some resources because you also your character also has gear and you can find treasures and there are some things that you're only allowed a limited number of. Um, so, for example, you can only carry up to four treasures. So there are moments where you have to decide: Do I want this treasure? Should I give it up and take that treasure? But there's not the thing you're talking about of there being food and having to like, oh, do I do I have enough warriors? Warriors are definitely a resource that gets spent when you're out there fighting, just like in the original game. If you're fighting a wandering monster or you're fighting you know, the big adversary at the end, uh, it will probably cost you warriors. <laughs> yep. They're almost, they're almost like health, right? Um, but I don't believe that there was ever any detriment to having as many warriors as you possibly could. Don't okay. think there was ever, there was no balance point there. That's um, now, <clears throat> what there is, the, 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 the battle system has this whole thing around, uh, uh, the un- what I think is what I will say is unfortunately named uh, advantages. So various <laughs> pieces of equipment or talents you unlock for your character, or etc., give you advantages which have a keyword. So you might have melee advantage or beast advantage or undead advantage, etc. And then when you're fighting a monster or exploring a dungeon, which both these things can happen. Um, they will have certain keywords on them that you can then use those advantage points to mitigate the the how much how much it's costing you to beat them and whether or not you even do beat them or if they beat you. So, for example, I might be going against a big a band of brigands, and and the the, the current round of combat says I'm going to lose twenty warriors, and I can spend a melee advantage to drop that down to um, lose ten warriors or something like that. Interesting. No, the, the, interest, the interesting thing is I don't know what it's going to drop it down to. I have a, on the little computer screen it says, do you want to spend an advantage? You're about to lose 20 warriors. And I can go, yes. I know it's going to make it better. Okay. I don't know by how much. And I know that I have okay. three cards to get through in this fight. And I only have X number of advantage points in these various categories to spend in the course of the fight. Interesting. So there's a little bit of unknown, a little bit of gambling there. Um and a little bit of resource management of like, okay, I guess I'll take the hit now because I can lose 10 warriors and hopefully the next card that comes up isn't as bad. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Uh, Is that entirely discreet? Because the original game, when you, when you got in a fight, there was a, there was a round by round um, uh, real time element. So basically it was telling you round one, there's, uh, 50 warriors and 40 brigands. And then round two, now there's 
uh, uh, 40 warriors and 35 brigands. Round three, now there's 30 warriors and 32 brigands, something like that. And there was a button available for you to withdraw, right? And if it looked like the trend was going against you, you could withdraw and retreat and you, you wouldn't get any treasure or anything like that. But there was this like real-time uh, tension mm. to monitoring whether you think you were on a winning trend or not. Uh, and then in the base mechanics, there is not that real-time element. I will say there is, there is withdrawing. Withdrawing exists only against the adversary, not against the other random monsters. Okay. Uh, there's okay. Dun the, now there's dungeon exploration, which is a whole separate thing, and we can talk about that if you want, um, where there's actually a little map. <laughs> There's actually a little map on the app. Oh, really? Oh, geez. Which okay. rooms you want to explore. So it's oh, pretty complex. Yeah. Holy smoke. Yeah. Yes. And you can certainly, you can leave and you can come back and it remembers all the state of everything, which is pretty cool. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, all, there's only withdrawing from the adversary. Um, and ultimately, um, the I would say uh, there's no real-time element. It's, it's very turn-based. It's okay. very turn-based. Okay. And I will say that the uh, uh, that in the original version, the, the the dungeons or the tombs were, you know, just were were binary affairs. As you'd go into one, and it was a, a one single you know encounter basically, and frequently it was nothing. So it had a it had a creaking, <laughs> you know, and it just, and this is actually very similar to our you know classic uh, D and D games like with the outdoor survival uh, map or something like that. Of like, there's an area, and either there's a lair there or there isn't. That's it. Um, and so on the original Dark Tower, you'd go into a dungeon and you'd hear a creaking door sound and then it would say empty. And that's the end of your oh. turn. Or, right, or you get jumped <laughs> by brigands. That's basically the two options. And then and then <laughs> maybe you fight the brigands and be like, no treasure. This time, oh. end of your turn, right? And next time you could go back into the same dungeon and again, it'd be either empty or a different brag of brigands and maybe there'd be treasure or not. Um, yeah. So, so what you're saying is way more, you know, way more uh, built out than so the original version. More, more ways it's similar. Uh, circular board with sort of four regions that you got to move through. Each region has four buildings on it. Um, those buildings are called. I'll tell you because it's it going to sound quasi familiar. <coughs> uh, you have. Uh, hang on, it's here somewhere. Um, the you have a citadel, a sanctuary, a village, and a bazaar. Yeah. And yeah. on your turn, as you're moving around, one of the things you're managing is there's a certain the tower is exuding a certain amount of corruption, and it's represented in these little skull tokens. And um, they they you can kind of see them in this picture here. Uh, maybe you can see them more in my second picture if I can bring that up. Uh, you're not even looking at pictures. Let me get that up there. Uh, uh, here in the in the in the final, you can kind of see there's like three skulls on most of the buildings in front of me because those buildings are about to collapse. Um, so these skulls are appearing, and I'm having to put them on the buildings. And if the building gets four skulls, it's gone. It's destroyed. No longer in the game. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, on your turn, you're generally doing two things. You're moving around the board. You take an action that is either something like fight fight an enemy or go resolve a quest or go explore a dungeon. And then also you get a, uh, a reinforce step where you, if you're in one of these spaces, one of these buildings, you can reinforce, I think it's called reinforce, and, um, and you get some resource depending on which type of building it is. Um, and now the funny thing is when you're at, 
when you're at one of these buildings, uh, I'm trying to look it up and make sure that I'm really using the right word. Uh, yeah, it's called reinforce. When you're at one of these buildings and you, you're going to reinforce, you can roll the, um, the haggle die. No, that's not really focusing in. Put, put your the hand up die. behind it, maybe. Or... Yep, yep. That's the, that is the haggle die. And that will change how it goes for you. And you might get something like, oh, I get, I get an extra potion this round or okay. nothing. Or uh, there is an icon on here that says you get nothing at all. The whole reinforce action right, is yes. canceled because sucks to be you. You have it poorly. <laughs> that, so like that. Right, this little, is great. Gambling moment there. This is digging yeah. into my memory banks because that echoes the <laughs> mechanic in the original game whereby if you went to the bazaar, you would have to right. You could hire men. You could you could buy a food. Yeah. You could you could uh, buy a beast. Each one of those things, the price was variable um, uh -huh. from turn to turn. And if you didn't like the price, you could hit the haggle button, and uh, maybe the price would come down, or maybe it would come up with the bazaar closed <laughs> signs. Like you, you can't <laughs> buy anything this turn. We're too. We anything. throw you out of the bazaar and you lose your turn. Um, so that that echoes that mechanic. I'm glad yeah. that's there. Let me tell you, there's another odd thing in this game that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, uh, whether I like this or not. Uh, and there's a case of, of the, the, the computer having secret information from you. Specifically, the game is broken down into months, theoretical, okay. you know, campaign okay. world game fantasy months. And each month has a certain number of turns in it during which everybody takes a turn, right? So it's, so it's not just one, it's not just each person takes a turn, each person takes some number of turns before the month ends. And then there are some things that are scoped to a month. There are things that are like, here's a side quest that's available for this month and it'll go away next month, right? Hmm. Um, or at the end of the month, certain effects might kick in. Oh, it's the end of the month and you have this special ability that gets you extra warriors at the end of the month. Or, or you failed to complete this quest by the time the month ended and now all the rivers are on fire. That, that was the thing that kept happening to me. <laughs> um, so how many turns are there in a month? You don't get to know. How many months are there in a game? You also don't get to know that information. Okay. Fascinating. Which Fascinating. I found really interesting because I'm playing there and I'm in month four. And, and it does tell you, there is a little table in here that tells you the average. Here's the average number based on the number of players, average number of turns per month. But there may be more or there may be less. And how many months are in a game? No idea. I got up to month four and I was getting close to the end of the game, I felt like I had better go kill the bad guy because I don't know how many months I get. Fascinating. Um, yeah. What happens when the t when the months run out? Like, is it just like game over or does it just get increasingly horrible with things on fire and dead? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ways to this. lose the game. So I'm guessing probably you lose is what probably happens. There's a lot of ways to lose the game. In fact, there's consistently that... on the app, there's a button that says, oh, I accidentally triggered one of the lose effects and the game is over now and I just lost. <laughs> <laughs> there's literally a lose button. <laughs> oh, I realize I've just lost. Whoops. <laughs> the, so basically a concede button, basically. The... Um... You know, as a writer, I will say that some like I have a little bit of a dilemma of of those kinds of things of like when when there is a random element involved, right? The complete information would be to completely describe the distribution of the randomization with 
shape and mean and standard deviation or some kind of function like mm -hmm. that. But I don't think that most readers, I don't think that's actually informative to most readers. So sometimes I might be in the habit of just like presenting a summary statistic like an average because I think most people can understand that. In fact, I was having a conversation the other day and I was like, well, what's the median of this? And unfortunately, that de that derailed the conversation because oh, not everybody actually <laughs> understood what a median was, right? And then we had to spend half yeah. the time either correcting misconceptions or you know stuff like that. So as as a as a gaming writer, I think that it is a little bit of a dilemma about whether you really give complete information versus just an average, which most people kind of understand. I guess I sympathize. I, with I'm that. okay with the average, but I don't know. I guess yeah. I want to know the upper and, and lower bounds. I feel like, like I'd like to know it's yeah. four to six turns rather than one to twelve turns, yeah. right? Even if the average is still always going to be five or whatever. Like, hmm. I think that's fair, I and know. I think that that would add again. That would add you know drama and tension to the game. Is that as you got closer to that that limit? You know, you'd be gambling about whether you have another one or two or three turns, and I think that that, that would add to the game. I would I would agree with okay. that. Okay, so so for what's really going to correct myself here, there it actually the book is now telling me that there are exactly six months in the game, and that if you don't lose before the end okay. of the six months, you lose. Okay, you don't win. Okay. So okay, so I was wrong about that. Apologies, apologies, but it is true that you don't know the number of turns per month. Interesting, interesting. And that it and it varies varies based on the number of players. Hmm. Um, and just varies, varies by the number the of content. players. Well, so so what I have okay. here is a little chart that says the player count versus average turns per month. So one player gets an average of six turns per month, whereas three turns, three players gets an average of eight turns per month for reasons that are unclear. Really? Is the eight turns like, and, like, like split up among the three players or do each of the three players get eight turns? I think each player gets gets uh, gets that number of turns because the first month is special. Each each player gets exactly one turn in the first month. Um, <laughs> yeah, weird. And it's telling me here also that if you choose the gritty difficulty, there are fewer turns per month on average. Okay, fascinating. It's interesting. Hmm. Okay, I didn't realize. Oh, there's a lot of things months. that are like the reverse of what I would expect. Like I would ex <laughs> I would have expected. The if it's cooperative, I would have expected the number of turns to come down with more players. With the right, idea that, like, right. well, the total group of players is getting the same number of turns. Um, let me let me tell you some second. things that I do love about this game really quickly before we run out of time. Um, one is the way the turn flow goes. You're moving around the board. You're taking your action. You're going to go reinforce, and at the end of your turn, you have to reach over into the skull supply and drop a skull into the tower. And the app actually detects that this has happened, and that kicks off a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, it's like basically you've said, my turn's over, it's now your turn, computer, by placing the skull into the tower. And all kinds of stuff can happen. It might spit the skull back out, and now I have to place it on a, on a, on a building. It might keep the skull, and then that's going to reappear later in the game. Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> Events start appearing on the on the on the tablet or the phone. It starts telling, "Okay, now now this happens. Now this happens. Now this happens." And you're like, really? "Oh, geez, <laughs> yeah." It's very cool. It's a very nice way to signal, "I'm done. Go ahead, computer." Wow. Uh, and by the Crazy. way, if you reach over the pile of skulls to put a skull in the tower and there are none, you lose. <laughs> Game over. Okay. All right. Really. Okay. <laughs> and one of the actions you're taking as you're moving around is removing skulls from the board to put them back into the supply. 
So that's like a regular resource you're trying to manage is, oh, we're running out of skulls in the supply. I, and, and that means they're probably on buildings, which means those buildings are about to collapse. So I'd better go cleanse some of the corruption from some of those buildings. Wow, Circulate this back into supply, which is, it's, this is a fun little bit. It's a fun little bit. And there was a moment when I was playing the game where, uh, oh, also, I guess I'll point out that, uh, you know, on the tower itself, there are these little doors that come off. And so one of the things that, that happens over the course of the game is, is these, these doors come off and sometimes they show glyphs, but sometimes they just show a hole and sometimes they show a hole with a whole bunch of freaking skulls behind it. They all come spilling out at you and you're like, damn it. I just got a whole bunch of all this where all those skulls went. Do the, do the doors raise automatically or does the player no, have to manually yeah. do that? The player has to do it. But what happens is the game tells you it's time to remove one of the doors and it lights up which door you have to remove. Great. Great. I love that. I kind of <laughs> love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little terrifying. You have to reach over there and pull open a door and, oh, skulls. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and there was this build up to it, too, because in earlier turns, I'm yeah, dropping really skulls funny. in the tower. And it's just like, yeah, that's right. cool. I'm going to keep that skull. And you're like, what? But <laughs> where did it go? Uh, you probably went to really chamber inside that. the tower. <laughs> so that's super fun. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, uh, the other thing I want to call it, this is so silly and I'm going to be embarrassed for admitting that how much I love this, but, um, the packaging on this game is very careful. Somebody really thought about where all the pieces go and how the game fits back in the box to the point where it includes an instruction page on how to put the game away. And I just find that so freaking delightful. I love that. I know one other game that did this, and I absolutely thank you for telling me where to put these tokens versus those tokens and how to freaking clean up my game at the end because there are a million pieces, and I don't want them just scattered all about. To the point, too, where the, it even includes, I don't know if you can see this, but it even includes like a little plastic cover so that your tokens don't spill out and go clattering all about if you, say, tip the game on its side. That is just that's, a level of error what, you don't see in many board games. Yes. That, that's what I call someone cared about this more than they needed to. Someone someone gave a crap about that. And that's, that, is, yeah. I, that is my threshold for whether I like something or not. Did someone give a crap about this at all? Because a lot, there's a lot of products in the world that that's not the case for. But that, that's the kind of thing you're looking for, that they, they really cared about that. Yes, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's great to see. That's, I love it. I love it. That, made, that just made me so, it's like the first thing I saw when I opened the box. I'm like, oh my gosh, instructions on how to put it away? Yes. <laughs> so thank that's, you, Maker. Just, just the fact, just having a store, having a pre-planned, here's how you're going to store it later is already yeah. a leg up. And then have, I've never seen instructions certainly gotten, informing you how to yeah. use that. I've certainly had plenty of games where there's an insert with little, you know, cubbies and divots and whatnot, where you're supposed to put the pieces. And it's like, good luck, figure it out. Yep. And you're like, I don't know, there's like 12 different kinds of pieces and eight holes to put things in. So uh, I guess I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. And then you're, you're doing the classic, you're, then you feel like an infant trying to jam a square thing <laughs> into a circular hole, right? I'm like, this wasn't the right size and I got it pinched in and this is stuck and this one's falling out over here. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, so well done. Good, good physical design there. Very much appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about pros and cons yep. of having an electronic yep. element 
in the middle okay. of the board game, whether it's the classic version or the return version. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it was a real breath of fresh air at the time. And there was, there was a, if you read something like John Peterson's Playing at the World, there were a lot of instincts of how can we take um, the, the, D, the, the game, you know, the D&D the &D style at the table game and turn it into something that you could play away from your DM. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and frankly, even all the way back to um, the dungeon board game, right? was an attempt to not have to have Dave Arneson literally on the phone all the time, all week long. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so here we are in 1981 with the original version and there was a great uh, relief of taking away a lot of record keeping into the electronic element, having surprises, having wandering monsters uh, developed instantaneously, um, keeping secrets, um, you know, what's in the next dungeon, uh, where are the keys hidden, things like that, which ultimately were random elements, playing the bizarre keeper haggling with you, things like that. That was great. Mm -hmm. um, the disadvantage, of course, is that, as we all know, the electronic element broke down and it, not many people can play the original Dark Tower because the towers literally broke either with the uh, bulb elements inside breaking or some other, or the, the the need for the thing to rotate, as we were talking about breaking down. And I did get to you know play it originally. So uh, most of those copies are broken at this point. And then interestingly, back when I showed it to you, when I when I mentioned the game to you for the first time, someone had replicated it online with a flash game. Great. So mm -hmm. there were a number of years where I, I came back to it and I played it online via flash game. But Flash broke. <laughs> Flash went away, right? That, yep, that, that, yep, that yep. platform also went away, and now you can't play the online <laughs> game version that was built on Flash because that broke, right? <laughs> and so obviously um, we've had a couple of our viewers point out possible discomfort with having the return version uh, played via an app. And the question was, well, what happens if the app is not available someday? How much of a concern I mean, is that, Paul, for the return version? It's definitely it's definitely a concern. Um, I mean, all of it, right? All of it. Uh, the, the the tower could break. They've definitely taken some steps in the design of this thing to mitigate some of those issues. Uh, I'll point out, for example, uh, the tower does not have an internal rechargeable battery. It takes standard double A's. And there's even a little thing in the booklet about like, hey, if you're not going to play it for a while, maybe take the batteries out so they don't corrode and ruin your tower. Yep. <clears throat> like, okay. Yep. Good. Good thinking. Um, it communicates with your device via Bluetooth, so there's notes in there about how you don't need an internet connection to run the game. It's not required. Like it's it's uh, good. Yeah, uh, good. Oh, did we just freeze up? Nope, nope. Just my screen froze up. That's exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's a little disconcerting. Okay. Um, yeah, I, so, but, but it's very much in theme, Paul, of technology breaking down. It couldn't have been yeah, yeah, a better yeah. moment to focus on that, frankly. Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm fine now. I'm fine now. Whatever reason my screen stopped refreshing, that was weird. Um, so so they've done some things to mitigate it. But uh, here's a funny bit. Uh, you know, you have to get the app onto your device, whether it's a tablet or a phone or whatnot. You got to go and get the app from either iTunes or Google Play or what have you. Um, and the first thing when you launch that app, the first thing it says it has two buttons, and the first button says connect to tower, and the second button says what tower? Question mark. Because obviously some people 
found the app and just installed it. We're like, great, a free game, awesome. And they're like, what, what tower? What the hell are you talking about? Didn't realize that it was half of a game. <laughs> right? So you press the what, what tower button and it, and it just gives you a bunch of text about like, oh, hey, this is, this is the companion app for a board game. You should go buy the board game. <laughs> and to, to kick it, when I went and, and downloaded the app and I was looking at it on Google Play, there were a couple one-star reviews and the one-star reviews were like, this is not a game. This You need to buy a whole board game to go with this. One star. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> wow. Oh, jeez. Wow. Oh, come on. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's, it's an issue, I think. Um, because what happens if you can't get the software anymore, right? <clears throat> like, you definitely, yeah. this game is not playable without the software. So if I can no longer get okay. the software, and I'm totally relying at this point at, like, Google Play and iTunes continuing to carry yeah. this stuff. And for them to keep updating it, who knows what Google Play could change. You and I saw this when we built, um, where, uh, when I when I built Road of Kings, uh, which was a, a, an old Android game I made ages upon ages ago, um, eventually just, I wasn't, you know, it had its run. I was done maintaining it and it was out there in the wild and updates to Google play and the Android OS and et cetera, made the game unplayable or made it such that you couldn't get it anymore. Even though I like, I'm like, I'm not supporting this anymore. Anyone can have it for free. It actually became significantly difficult just for me to give it away for free. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm like, I, awesome. I, I'd love for you people to have it. I'd love for it to continue to live its life, but, uh, eh, it's, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to spend a bunch of my hours updating it and pay money to Apple for them to carry a thing that is ultimately free. Uh, so it's right. actually no longer that software is no longer available on iTunes anymore. I do have the APK right. stashed somewhere. Mm -hmm. If that's even a still, a, can you still just install a raw APK onto your Android phone? I don't okay. know. Okay. So my my <laughs> counterpoint. So in the in the Paul Dan yeah. point counterpoint, and you know this yeah. is this is one of these things where I'm going to come off as a complete psycho. On the other hand, Dan does not trust the app stores and I scrupulously yeah. avoid the Apple and Google app stores. And I do have an Android phone and I actually do rely on the third party APK download sites, which there is a number of. of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you should be cautious about security issues with that. Uh, I've managed to do perfectly fine with that. And all of my Android apps, I get actually get off third party sites store them, you know, archive the APKs locally in case I needed them later and and do actually sideload all of my apps to this day. So the so it can still be done. And actually I rely solely on that myself. Yeah. So I would I mean, so I would hope for, for long term purposes that someone keeps that stuff around. I mean this is this is a thing that I've talked about a lot actually in my day job of like archival of modern day game software is actually significantly difficult because it has become mm -hmm. so distributed and so reliant on third party uh, uh, services often which include an online component that like it's, it's just not possible right right I, I have lots of CDs from like the 80s and 90s of, of games that you know if I still had a computer that had a CD drive in it uh, I could still play. Um, and, uh, I've worked on a lot of games for mobile devices that are now maybe 10 years old that you just can't play them anymore. There's just no possible way you can't find yeah. them. It's not, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible to archive yeah. it. It's, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So archival is a real problem. I don't know. I don't know that there's a solution to it. 
Philosophically, there. I mean, so so obviously, Paul still works in the game industry, and I do not. And I would philosophically, what you just touched on, Paul, is at least a a a, a thread uh, among the reasons why I, I I got out of video games. Actually, is that that does philosophically bother me so much, so incredibly much that that was a little part of um, <laughs> of 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 what bothered me in my in my time in the industry. Actually, so I feel that very 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 deeply. And uh, the games that I that I worked on that uh, ran on uh, Windows ninety five at one point, uh, uh, racing simulations can't be run anymore. Just a couple of years later, they couldn't be run because the memory model at the time was changed. And to my knowledge, there aren't even any emulators that can make, can run those games at this point. So I feel that very deeply. Let me let me uh, on the on the flip side again talking about Return to Dark Tower here specifically. Like one of the things is like, well, why do I need a whole device? Why do I need special software? Like why? I mean, you built this fancy tower. Why not just put that all into the tower? Like the original game had, it was all in the tower. Um, mm -hmm. But there's something nice to having a device with a screen. Uh, it adds a whole new element to the game. It can be updated. Content can be released for it, mm -hmm. right? We can have new yeah. quests and new adversaries and new stuff very easily be added to the game. Uh, keeps the price down. I can only imagine how much this tower would cost if it had a little uh, touchscreen in it and had to have the computing power to run the software. Whereas, like, you could probably rely on most people. I mean, you mu they must rely on most people or all people who are buying the game to own some kind of smart device that can be used to mm -hmm. hook up and control the tower. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a very interesting game. I love I love that blurring of the line between computing and and uh, and tabletop, but it definitely puts a lifespan on it. Right, it, there, there will come a time where this game will not be playable. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So my my take would be, I don't want everything to be like that. Do I want every board yeah. game to be like that? Well, no. Okay. I want some board games that are just physical concrete pieces that will, you know, last your life. But for for a one off thing that's a, like a, a, an interesting, unique um, a feature, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I was excited about the original Dark Tower. I'm glad that that was in my life, even if it was for a limited time. And I totally agree that having an app that you can expand um, uh, with additional features down the line, that's actually very, very exciting. Uh, and um, I think that that's, that's a, that's a, a, sure, there'll be some lifespan, but everything does. And I'm personally, I'm really interested in that. Hmm. All right. I'm very impressed by well, what you just yeah. showed me with the re return product. I, it's it's a fun game. I will say that it's a fun game, and and frankly, when I back Kickstarters these days, oftentimes, especially with something like this, where I don't have as much of an emotional con uh, connection to the original, um, I usually pitch in at the low level of like just I just want the game. I don't want all the fancy extras. There is a whole uh, there was an expansion that it added more models, so that instead of the little chips on the board, you have full three D models. And I think there was also an expansion that added like a bunch more content, I think maybe two more characters and et cetera, et cetera. That's all great. Um, I'm sure that's fun. But the, the fact of the matter is usually these games are complex to the point of like they're borderline if I'm going to have the patience to learn it thoroughly and actually play the thing. So I don't want all the expansions up front. I would like a, an opportunity to buy them down the road if I like the original. That'd be nice. But uh uh, yeah, I think this this game came at just the right level of complexity for me. Where uh, the book, the rule book, was approachable. I was able to when the game. That's the first thing I do when I buy a game like this. I, I get the rule book out and I spend the evening reading it. 
Uh, what are we looking at? About 28 pages of, of, of fairly big text and lots of pictures. So it was very easy to get through. Still had lots of questions after I read it because I'm like, this is half the game. Where's the rest of the game? The answer is it's in the device. You, you don't have to know. It's fine. Let go. <laughs> Start the game or where's the game? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so it really was, was kind of perfect for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I hope, Dan, that at some point in the future, we will get a chance for you and me to sit down and play it together. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll even put some cameras up and record us doing that. Because uh, uh, I feel like we should do that. Um, we should definitely do that. And maybe we should yeah. maybe just yeah. give us a, a very short point. So we know that you can't, people can't get the classic Dark Tower unless you're some kind of archival hunter and have found a working copy because maybe there aren't any more. But how can people acquire the Return to Dark Tower game nowadays? Let me, let me first correct you on if you want to play the original, uh, someone has rebuilt it in Board Game Simulator oh. on Steam. So if you go oh. to Steam and get yourself a copy of Board Game Simulator, you can play Dark Tower oh. in the original. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> yep. People should try that. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely try it. Tell me what your score uh, was. <laughs> as, as for Return, yeah, the Kickstarter's over. It's, it's, shipped, it's just shipping out. Some people are just getting their copies now. Um, so it's kind of too late to get in on the Kickstarter. They have not yet started selling copies through some other secondary source. So as far as I know, you can't really get a copy except that uh, you, I bet you could go down to your friendly local game store and get a copy because I know that there was a specific tier targeting brick and mortars uh, for the release of this game. So I bet if you head down to your local game store, uh, they might have a copy or two. So there you go. That's that's, that's really game. that's how the world ought to work, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> or, you know, or just be patient, awesome. I guess, and wait. And I'm sure eventually, if there's enough demand, they will find a way to resell more copies down the road. Um, but, you know, the world's crazy and uh, manufacturing is uh, uh, <laughs> manufacturing pipelines are disrupted. So it's probably going to be a while. I think I've heard that sometimes the dice come up bizarre closed. Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you got to wait another turn. You know, I was trying. See, this was a lesson that I learned at a very young age, Paul, in 1981. <laughs> I personally, I am someone, I am of an age that is not surprised by the world working like this because those are the lessons that I took away That's, from my games. Those are the lessons. That's great. That's great. Uh, viewers, if you have played the original or the new version and have some thoughts to share, um, you want to tell me other parts that I screwed up about Return? I mean, I, I literally got this thing on Thursday and played it once last night. I'm sure I got some stuff wrong. Um, you know, definitely leave us some leave us some notes in the comments of the video here, uh, or tell us uh, what uh, what we failed. What questions do you still have about the game that we missed? Uh, pose us some questions in the comments, and we'll be happy to answer. Yeah, definitely. And if you're new to the channel, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And we're on Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and also GitHub for all the coding stuff. And we do have the handle Wandering DMs on all of those sites. So look for us there for updates and news. If you prefer to listen only to our lovely voices and not see our smiling faces, I don't know why, but uh, you can get the audio-only podcast version of our show on our website at wanderingdms.com. Amazingly, we are caught up. Thank you, Christmas break. Uh, so all of the past three seasons worth of content are up on that website. Um, also available via various podcast carriers such as 
iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and all those places. If you're listening to this show via podcast on one of those sites right now, please stop and take a moment and rate and review us on that site. That helps other users find us, and we really appreciate it. We really do. And, of course, big thanks to our patrons who support the Wandering DMs show. If you would like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wanderingdms. And our various tiers have discounts on merchandise, access to a private Discord server, monthly behind-the-scenes videos, polls, and surveys, and also after-party chat that we'll be holding on our Discord server in just about 10 minutes from now. Um, uh, like Paul said, uh, TDR, uh, new games coming this season. Uh, probably the first episode a week from tomorrow, probably. Recapping mm-hmm. the, uh, the, 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 the original 10 Dead Rats campaign. Uh, still discussing uh, upcoming schedule for Book of War. But one thing you can depend on is that we are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we hope that you'll join us again next week and other Sundays for season four for other thought-provoking discussions. We'll see you then.